How's it going with Colleen? Good. Yeah. So we we got it going pretty fast. The in terms of she generates the configuration, and then I build the builder based on mm-hmm. the configuration. Um, and now we're working on the full loop. So I'm going to build the blueprint and then feed it to her. And then we're going to, uh, create an actual query and run it on a data set and actually have that, that, that happens. Amazing. So we should have that going pretty quick. That was super easy. Uh, yeah, there's like only a couple small things like technical stuff. We don't need to get into it mm-hmm. too much on the podcast, but we, uh, Colleen and I are kind of just like making choices and then we're going to run it by you later. <laughs> Great. Um, that's awesome. Well, yeah, that that's seems pretty fast. Seems pretty great. Do you feel good about it? Yeah. Yeah. I uh I got to talk with her about pacing and like making sure that I understand where she's at and what we have left mm. on her plate. And so we'll have this integration and then I also need to map out we have like a demo meeting to run on Friday. So like a catch up status meeting that can mm, <clears throat> almost said the name of the company. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> uh, with, with those guys. Yeah. Uh, and then I just want to think ahead to what do I want to show them? What right. would be a good like goal for us to, so that they could see, progress because we're making lots of progress it's just Mm -hmm. i think it helps people to actually see things yeah is it just us or is it another everybody show and tell uh it's more than us but i don't think it's like the gigantic show and tell thing okay they're doing it every two weeks so it might be that i don't know but that'll be fine like they'll like to see what we have we'll we'll have something cool uh i just got to decide like what i want and that's gonna be my goal and then i'll just we'll just work our asses off to get there and then colleen see how much she can that's basically i just need to know like okay what does she have left and where what's her pace and what's how quickly can we get it done the client has this internal goal of end of march which i kind of not sure that colleen's on the same page with me in terms of that goal right now mm. but also i can't blame her because she's trying to move and yeah has many things happening so <laughs> yeah she does <laughs> so that's fine i just need to know what's up uh and and i guess i'll be our pinch hitter rails devel- developer if we have to go there <laughs> yeah <laughs> which will be terrible oh. i'm so slow at rails <laughs> But I can actually do it, so uh, it would be okay. I think we'd be, I th- I could do it. It would be okay. Yeah, it would be fine, especially s- since she's progress. got a lot of it set up already. Hopefully, she's done a lot of the the hard work, and we can fill in wherever needed. I think so. It's looking good. Good. Yeah. I know one thing she has left is still um, relation. What What did you say? Refinements. Refinements and relationships. So. I don't think right now if she were That's to do not the like, same thing. No, like if you want to filter on a related attribute like manager dot first name, I don't think she supports that yet. How's that different from refinements? Is that what you're wondering? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. So like you said, manager. So like that's a yeah. So if let's say um, like a role manager, is that what you're talking? Yeah, 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 yeah. So if 
you're filtering the on user employees. roles with first name. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, Your if you if going to help me, if you have your filter set up on employees, and the employee model has a manager relationship, or a and let's stick with manager, and you want to find employees whose manager's first name is Sean, you could just put in employee dot, or rather, you do manager dot first name. And so it would automatically inspect the related model. So, okay, employees have many managers. That really sounds like a refinement to me. Um, well, employees have one manager, but... But yeah, whatever, it's got yeah. a relationship. Um, no, so the difference is refinements look across a whole bunch of rows. And this would just be like finding... The manager where oh. the first name is Sean. Not oh, it really is only it has one relationship. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there, so we have a approach. If you have a has one, we do this. Uh, we call it a has one relationship or belongs to or whatever or belongs yeah. to. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then if you have many, uh, then it's a refinement. You could and you could do further you filtering. Could, Zonda has many relationships. Exactly, you could refine further if you wanted. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Okay, makes perfect yeah. sense. So right now she supports like show me employees whose first name is Sean, but not show me employees who have a manager with the first name of Sean, if that makes sense. So she, she supports all the basic like um, single level attribute filtering. We just need to get multiple levels, like nested relationships built out. So that is kind of a, kind of a big one i don't know how big it is and ra- how big it is in rails um it's somewhat straightforward in laravel but so i'm sure it will be in rails as well yes easy good so she hey, still has that. I'm like i say that is with total confidence because <laughs> i know so much about rails yeah yeah <laughs> she still has that she still has refinements um but i think I think those should come quickly now that she's got the whole problem space loaded in her head. Yes. Okay. So I have a question for you. Tell me. So filters that the class that she's building, Mm -hmm. they generate two things. Mm -hmm. Well, really only one. Like they, they, you, they take a blueprint and they give you back the blueprint. Okay. Mm -hmm. But they also then give you the conditions. So like, the configuration basically mm-hmm. of how the query builder could be built. Yep. So when the, the, because maybe this is a hot wire problem. Uh, maybe the way that I have it set up is so an initial, when I initially load the query. Okay. So first of all, the, the controller that, so you're on a, page, whatever page you want to have a query builder on this page. Mm-hmm. So you would in your controller, mm-hmm. I think there's Laravel has controllers too. Yep. In your controller, you create an instance variable, which is, you know, configuration. And that is the filter dot to array. Yep. That's, that's basically it. what it is. Mm-hmm. So I have to know the filter there. So I have to know because mm-hmm. I built my filter. I have to know my filter there in the controller. Correct. In the way I have now it, set up is further requests to update the query builder mm-hmm. they hit my own controller 
that I built for Refine. Okay, got it. So add a add a criterion to a group that hits my controller. Mm-hmm. I add it and then send it back. Okay. So <clears throat> I use as my logic, you know, to initially build the blueprint. So like the way the hotwire thing works is in, in one case, like if you change to start, let's do this example. This will, this will be easier okay. to understand. If I change the, uh, yeah, if I change the clause, so from mm-hmm. equals to not equals to whatever, right? Yep. The way the hotwire approach works is I just re-render the whole damn query builder and then hotwire knows like the only part that changed is this chunk. Mm-hmm. So just insert it right there. Okay. That small little piece that changed. So it makes it really simple. I didn't have to actually build any special code to like generate, to make the change and like regenerate the template. It just re-renders it and dumps it in, right? Love it. Okay. The problem is in order to regenerate the entire query builder, I need the conditions. Correct. You need the whole configuration. Yeah. And the blueprint, right? So I need both those things. Uh What I'm doing now is sending them up via query params. So the blueprint query param, conditions query params. Okay. So first of all, that to me, I just did it temporarily because I thought like, Mm -hmm. I just need this for now because I don't actually have a filter yet. But now Colleen and I are working together and I have an actual filter. Seems like instead what I should do is have the filter generate the conditions for me again on that second request. My refined controller has no idea what filter I should be using. Correct. So what we were thinking of is basically sending the filter name instead of like the entire serialized conditions back and forth again. And then we look up the filter based on the name. Is that what you do? Or is that even not a problem that you have? No, it's totally a problem. And that is more, um, more of a problem when you want to rebuild a filter from like a, a unique uh, ID a URL, mm-hmm. like a URL. Yeah, exactly. So the filter itself um, sends out. Um, so when you call filter to array and you get all of your configuration that includes the conditions and everything in there, there's a way there's an identifier to get back to the class. What's it called? Um, I can look. This is an exciting podcast. I know we're gonna we're gonna read code out loud on a podcast. Five stars only, please. Um, Zero people will listen to this. Okay, so in the two array method, there's a key called type. Yeah. Um, okay. And okay, we, that's like a string, which is like a description right now in like the sample data that I have. But that could be like the class name. Is that what you do? Well. Kind of. So I disassociate the class name and give it a unique key, basically, in case I ever want to oh. refactor my classes in the future. It's not tied to the backend implementation. It's just yeah. tied to a magic string. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we have okay. the we have the idea of um, registering aliases. So I could say employee filter. Its alias is just the word employee. And that way, if I want to move it around in the future, my IDE is still going to refactor everything correctly. What do you and store I'll, this map of aliases to filters? Um, there is a there's a register alias method. 
Um, or there's yeah, on there's the filter. on yeah on the filter. Oh, okay. Um, this is exactly what I was going to suggest that Colleen does. Yep. So because uh, you can like you can constantize classes, mm-hmm. um, but instead I we may still end up having to do that. But constantize is a little bit unsafe, so we didn't want to just take user input and be like constantize, mm. which it means like take user input and like turn this into a class and then execute the method. <laughs> oh yeah, that seems bad. <laughs> you could do almost anything with that. So mm-hmm. we don't want to do that. So instead what I was thinking was we could have like a, a whitelist basically of names and doing what you're saying would be essentially that. So we would have like, we just create a name for the filter. You could rename mm-hmm. the classes, I guess if you wanted, but then, yep. and then hopefully we could just store the class itself. That's a little weird. I'm not sure we'll be able to do that, but like, uh, say that again. I, I missed that part. Hopefully. Right. We so I'm going to subclass. Itself. I subclass the base filter class. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I call this add alias mm-hmm. method. Uh, oh, yeah. When am I going to call the ad? When, when would I, who calls the ad alias method? Yeah. So we have in Laravel, we have the concept of like service providers that kind of boot up at the beginning. And so we have a filter service provider and that's where you register all of your aliases. So you would just do it in some service class. Um, oh, there's like a little bit of config basically, but you mm-hmm. can run code. Mm-hmm. Ooh. There's like mm-hmm. when it's when it's booting, when the app is booting, you're allowed to like do some setup. And in that setup, I say, hey, when you see the string employee, here's the fully qualified actual PHP class that you should use instead. And that yeah, way... I'm not, I'm not aware of a Rails thing for this. What I was thinking was the... Uh, the base class itself could just keep track of like on as a class level, like a static variable. Like it could, it could keep track of registered filters mm-hmm. itself. It could. It and could, then when they when they're created and they're initialized, then we would just add it. Then, yeah. But then when it using comes a little meta programming, when it comes back in and you're looking for the one that matches the magic string employee, when it comes back in, you haven't nude it up yet. And so it wouldn't be registered in the static method, would it? It would be the cloud register, the class itself. So, so I, th- I don't know if it'll work. But this is what I was thinking. Um, so like I create, I've, I base, I create a new filter with the filter base class. The filter base class is like on initialize. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's why, that's why we have, um, I'm sure that Rails has some kind of service provider concept where it's like, like a hey, middleware. You, you got to set up, you got to set up the world before you can run anything. Yeah, I'll ask Colleen. She probably yeah. knows. I've never yeah. done anything like that, but we probably have it. Yeah, tell her, or I can tell her. But um, there's a there's a couple of um, methods in the PHP one for registering aliases and then getting the class out. Um, based on the alias that you've registered. But yeah, you shouldn't have to send the conditions and everything back. You can just send your magic string, refine, will look up the correct filter, create the filter, pass the blueprint in, and then return it all. Okay. So. Cool. Are they doing construction at your house? Because they're doing construction in my alleyway too. No, it's just my my, uh, house cleaner. Oh, okay. They're aggressively um, vacuuming. They're aggressively breaking up concrete right behind my new shed quarters. Like oh, perfect. Like three feet behind it. Yeah. So nice. that's been fun. 
Um, okay. Anything else on that? No, that's it. Now that we have um, lost all of our listeners, we can finally talk in private here. Um, um, okay. So just a couple of things on my side. Um, there was that new Laravel admin panel that was released this week called filament. I sent you a link. Um, actually know the guy that one of the guys that built filament, he did some work for resolute a couple of years ago. I hired him to do some tailwind and Laravel work a couple of years ago. Um, so I got on a call with him and he like walked me around filament and how everything works. And I think it would be, and I told him about refine and kind of showed him what we're up to. And he seemed really excited. And we talked about, getting a plugin done for it and potentially like doing a revenue share if, you know, affiliate style, um, that kind of thing. So I think that would be, I think that that's going to be a really good channel for us because there are now at least three of these configure backend configuration driven admin panels mm-hmm. and they're all in Laravel, which is great because then we just have to write a thin wrapper on top of it to, to match whatever the framework is or the admin panel. Yeah, that's worth doing. Some of the, the like, my first thought with some of the stuff is like their pricing is so wonky. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe filament's better, but filament's free. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rolling my eyes really hard right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then it's like, all right. Yeah. So you want to add query builder functionality to this and, yeah the intersection of the people using that and wanting a thousand dollar query builder is very small (laughs) yeah unless it's unless it's an agency and they're building out their entire back end in one of these admin panels and they're like yeah we have money i don't know i don't know why anybody's you know not charging but we have money to pay so and I think that is a pretty common use case now where these agencies will like grab one of these admin panels off the shelf and then implement okay. everything in there. So really what we need is plugins and then some sort of channel to make sure that they know it exists for mm-hmm. the admin panel that they're using. Yeah, exactly. Which I Which, guess if we do the affiliate thing, maybe that's the, maybe it's up to, we're leaving it up to our, partners to do that but yeah and i think it's one of those yeah it's one of those things where they're probably not going to have many third-party you know plugins for a long time and so it would be good to even just get a link in their docs for a while um nova is a different thing because they have a ton of third-party plugins but oh they do all right perfect yeah that seems like the biggest no-brainer of all time yep i agree there are literally thousands and thousands of people using Nova. Yeah. And it's like a third party plugin system. So like people can like look do people like look for stuff and then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a Nova packages.com and then you don't have to have like, like a, a, an announcement list. If you do a new plugin, do they ever do that or no? I don't know um, okay. that I'm not sure about. But it's nice because you don't have to like sign up in their app store or anything. It's just it's just literally um, PHP packages that you compose or install. So there's no gatekeeping or anything. Oh, nice. So that's nice. Yeah. Cool. 
Yeah, that sounds great. Now we just have to actually finish a thing to actually have a thing. To yeah, put just in finish the, the Nova thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which we will. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I'm going to need a little breather after this. I think client you project. definitely will. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting tired. I'm getting a little carpal tunnel-y. So I'm like, uh, I got to figure out how to, I'm going to man, I'm actively managing it. So that way I can get through this and then I got to rest up, sort yeah. that out. The problem is like, I had this, I did not have, the, I had this problem before. And then I got rid of it by getting an office and having like a nice ergonomic setup, mm-hmm. which I could like do the standing, do the sitting. And I'm in, I've, so I got kicked out of my coworking space because of COVID and then the like reasonably, and I'm glad that, that we did, but that meant that now I don't have that ergonomic setup. So I did it in my basement, which was fine for the few like summer months that we had there, but it's winter. And now it's like, it's 58 degrees down in my basement. Oh no, that's too cold. Yeah. So my fingers are cold and like it's hard to type because I'm cold. And I'm down here today because the house cleaner's upstairs and I don't, we don't. Oh, uh, yeah. I heard. Yeah. <laughs> while we're doing that. Yeah. So it's like, uh, so instead, usually what I'm doing is I'm sitting on a couch with my laptop, which is exactly oh, why I got the co working space no. to begin with because I was doing that for like a year and it like causes all kinds of problems. Just slouching over my laptop all day and caused wrist pain and trigger finger that's a fun one is a space heater a viable option i have a space heater right underneath me right now oh my gosh and it's still 58 yeah that's not gonna do squat in this basement it's large basement i don't have it looks like i have a space down here but really it's just i'm sitting in a hole in the ground there's no (laughs) there's no it's not finished at all it's uh the floor looks like concrete and it, it kind of is, but do you know how they made the concrete floors? What they did was they took um, the floors, like, so everything was coal powered when this house was built. It's mm-hmm. a brick two flat in Chicago. And so there's coal dust and stuff like all over the place. And there was just piles of it and mountains of it and basements that everybody had. Also, everybody's basements used to flood regularly. So you just didn't use your basement. It was like you just had your coal furnace. And then, you know, in the summers, nobody went down here because it would literally be a swamp for parts of the year. Then most of the city kind of drained and it stopped doing that. So then people were like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Like we could have a better floor in our basement. That's easier to clean. And it's not coal dust. So <laughs> they took the existing coal dust and then mixed it with concrete mm, perfect. stuff and just did it in place on the floor and created concrete floors. So my floors are like wavy Hills. There's not, there's not a level surface in the entire basement. So what I had to do in order to even be down here was build like a wood floor on top of it so that it's like level. Cause I used to try to sit down here and work with my chair, but my chair would just start rolling. Like, so I'd have to like hold myself up to the desk or like jam my knees underneath the table, wedge yourself in. Yeah. So that's my basement. It's I put like a Japanese screen thing behind me. So it looks Looks very professional. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It does. (laughs) You would never know. It's a full room. Yeah. It's awesome. It also has terrible air quality in the summer. Uh, I open windows and stuff and just like circulate the air. But in the winter, I'm not doing that. And then I've got like a fancy ass industrial air filter thing, but it's too big a space. It's the whole. Yeah. War. And it's a sieve, like it does. The wind is just like kind of blowing through here a little bit constantly, dude. 
I understand why you're working on the couch now. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't like it down here. It's just a cave too. Like it's dark down here. Today it's sunny, so I'm happy. So there's like a little bit of sun. I don't have windows either. That well, I have windows, but they're all glass block and mm. they're like short because it's a little, you know, it's below grade. Right. So it's not. Although this is basically like what I lived in for my first apartment when I moved to Chicago. So <laughs> I've been moving up in the world. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that apartment was awesome. We had uh, air conditioning and um, the heat and it was in the roof, right? Because you can't put ducts underneath. If you're like refitting your basement to be like a garden, they call them garden apartments. <laughs> garden with quotation marks. Mm-hmm. Sounds nicer, I think. It does. Uh, so you're turning your basement into a garden apartment. Well, you can't put your ducts in the floor right. down there. So you put them in the ceiling. So then in the winter, like the, the hot air is trying to blow down. Mm. And I remember like we had one, we had a couple days while we were living there where it was like blow zero and it could not get the house above 50. It was oh. like the air, it was like hanging out above on the ceiling, just like hot air, just up there. And there was just, you know, we're trying to like use fans to like get the air down and yeah. Fancy. Fancy. Sounds like you need to move out of Chicago is what it sounds like. We are. Did you yeah. know that? I'm also trying to buy a house right now. While yeah. This crap. yeah. You're definitely. You're definitely going to need a break. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully we're getting closer. I think, I think the break is coming eventually. And I think it will have been worth it in the end, but we knew it was going to be miserable up front, which yep. some yep. reason we still were like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah. Let's just wrap it there. I guess I got to get back to working with Colleen. Okay. So I'll just cut us 